You're listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. The goal of this podcast is to help business owners be successful and gain the advantage. Nancy has helped some of today's top Fortune 500 companies across a wide spectrum of industries work through their toughest challenges. She can help you too. So if you can't find the solutions you need, there are no more books to read or workshops to attend. The Nancy Gaines Show can be the difference between your success and failure. And now your host, Nancy Gaines. Hi, this is Nancy Gaines, and welcome to The Nancy Gaines Show, where we provide actionable ideas for entrepreneurs to grow their business and be even more productive. The focus of today's podcast is all about leadership, both in your career and in your business. And I'm super excited to have a very special guest here, right from Denver, Colorado, Julie Holunga. Let me tell you about her. Julie trains and develops female leaders to bring direction and effectiveness to their companies and careers. Her clients are mid-career professionals who feel like they've reached a plateau. She works with people who are qualified to be leaders but doubt their skills or ability to take the reins. She also helps business owners, attorneys, and CPAs build their book of business their way. She spent time in Boston. She's a Red Sox fan, and she had an amazing role at Harvard. Welcome, Julie. Thanks for sharing part of your day. What else would you like to add to that introduction? Well, thank you, Nancy. It's great to be here. Uh, and I would thank you for that introduction. I would simply add that I truly believe that everyone can figure out what they want to do with their career and get there and get out of their own way to do it. Absolutely. Well, we'll definitely dig into that during this call. But first, tell us, what exactly did you do with Harvard? So I worked at Harvard Business School working on an initiative that was examining women in the workforce. So we noticed that our alumni were coming back for their fifth and tenth year reunions, and these women were had been setting the world on fire when they graduated and they came back for their reunion and they were no longer in the workforce. And we examined those infrastructures that basically weren't in place to retain women, much less advance them. So I got to work with a lot of alumni who were looking to get back into the workforce or transition in their careers, but also towards the end of my time there, started to work with the students, the second-year female students, which I loved because I really got to help them think through not just to take the sexy career with the title and the huge bonus and what seemed to be the right fit at 28, but to really help them think through where they were going to be not too far down the road and where they could go and make their mark so that when life maybe took a turn because they were a trailing spouse and their husband potentially got a job somewhere else or they decide to have a family, that they could still keep a foot in the door in some capacity. It was very cool. Yeah, that does sound cool. What an amazing opportunity. And today, your company helps both employees and entrepreneurs with leadership and career success. In this busy world, tell us, how do people stay focused on their vision? That is a tough one. I I think I've had that conversation three times already today. Um, But what I find to be really helpful is to understand what it is that you really are trying to do, whether it's over the course of the day or the week or a month or a quarter, whatever the time frame you're looking at, so that you are able to push everything else out of the way. We are all guilty of doing what's easiest 
and what's most comfortable, whether it be a task or a conversation. And what I talk about with my clients, and I do this for myself, and Nancy, I imagine you struggle with this perhaps too, is to say to myself, okay, what are the two things that I need to get done today that are going to further my business or further my client along? And I do those things first. And that sometimes is at 6 in the morning, and I get that done. And then that weight is lifted for the rest of the day so that I can really use that time for me, it's that, that productivity time is really first thing in the morning. It's not that way for everyone. But, and, and that is where I focus on my vision and what I'm trying to accomplish overall. That is a great system. Yeah, very similar to what I teach my clients. We call this highest and best use, H-A-B-U. Mm-hmm. But what we mm-hmm. do is I ask them to come up with nine things on their to-do list Three of them have to be things that move them forward, so the highest and best use of their business time. Three of them they delegate to somebody else, some on their team or a virtual assistant, and three of them de- they delete. So three, three, yeah. three is how I stay on track and how my clients stay on track. So I like your idea of just two. Yeah, very- yeah, and I have a very, I have a very similar focus. So I'm glad to hear that confirmation. <laughs> yeah, you are definitely on the right track. On your website, you talk about leadership frameworks. Can you share an example of a leadership framework? Sure. And, and I approach these frameworks depending on where someone is in their career, what they're struggling with. And typically it comes down to skill set. So I look at what, with, with my clients, what they're avoiding. Because what I have noticed is that people get in their own way. And when they get in their own way, they're, they're avoiding something um, that they don't want to do. And a lot of times what I find it's because they don't know how to do it. So they're avoiding having that difficult conversation with someone because they don't know how to give feedback or they don't know how to work with a, a great employee and, and they, don't, they think, oh, this individual is doing phenomenally. I'm just going to let them do their thing. And in fact, I encourage them to, to give feedback, not just for criticism to improve, but also when they see a behavior or they see habits or they see something that's going well to encourage the continuation of that. So that's one framework is, is around that skill set. Some other frameworks are working through sort of the behavioral aspects that uh, per- perhaps pre- prevent us from, from moving forward. And some of that are the voices, that, the critics in our head that are telling us what not to do, the risks not to take, and we work through that so we know how to deal with those voices when we hear them. And, and what I tell people is that I'm really about helping you change your habits and sticking to it because in times of stress, even if we've improved and we've you know, put nine things on our to-do list and um, we're working through that, in times of stress, we often revert to what's comfortable and to old habits. So I work with people to develop those new habits and really make sure that they are sinking in so that they are able, even in times of stress, to work through those things. Wow, all great tips. I really resonate with the first one you said. I just got back from speaking at a conference in Nashville, one of my favorite cities in the world. And in my talk, I was telling people that they have unintentional procrastination a lot of times at work Mm -hmm. because they they don't know where to start. So they're not intentionally avoiding something. They're just like, 
I don't even know how to break this down into bite-sized pieces to move forward. So I resonate with that first one you said, for sure. Exactly, exactly. And I see it all the time. And, and like you said, it's unintentional. Right, there's intentional procrastination, for sure. But a lot yes. of times it's just, yes. I don't even know how to, to tackle this, which is where you and I come in as coaches, right? Right, exactly. We make it, we make it very easy for people. So do you have a favorite success quote, something that just keeps you going whenever things are getting tough or you're just, need a little bit of motivation? Yes. Well, I'll tell you. So everyone, uh, I'm married to a Canadian. So of course he plays hockey and both of our kids play hockey. In fact, the joke is that uh, I and and our dog are the only ones in the house that are not on a hockey team, which I'm fine with. But my favorite quote is from the great one, Wayne Gretzky. And he says, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I love that for, for so many reasons, but it really resonates because I always say to people, and I was guilty of this early on in my career, of putting my head down, working really hard, and expecting the whole world to, to open up at my feet. And that doesn't happen. And my philosophy and what I work with with clients is you have to take the reins. No one else is going to do it for you in the way that you want to do it. People might make assumptions and say, okay, you know, you're so good at this, you're going to be promoted down this path. And in fact, you really don't like doing that particular task. And so really speaking up, taking the reins, doing what you need to do to move your career forward. Love that one. So one of my favorites is doubt will take you out of action. Action will take you out of doubt. What do you think of that one? Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Right. And I am, I, yes. <laughs> yes, and I, I'm sure you've read the, the Confidence Code. Um, they talk a lot about when, you're, when your confidence has taken a hit for whatever reason, that the idea that uh, when you take action, you build up your confidence. But when you sit still and you're doubting yourself, then your confidence just keeps plummeting. So I firmly believe in that as well. I haven't read that, but that totally makes sense. Oh, it ties in really, yeah. really well with that for sure. Right. Hey, I saw on your website that you often speak to groups, and one of your talks is called Watch Your Language. Can you tell us some of the key points? Yeah, so this is one of my favorites. Um, I realized many years ago, many, many years ago, uh, I grew up in, uh, I started elementary school in France, went in, in a, I'll tell this story, um, that uh, I went, started my first day of school, in uh, wearing a uniform and no one else was wearing a uniform and I did not speak a lick of French and was um, just sitting there sort of trying to figure out what was going on or what was being said and I couldn't and that stemmed you know years down the road to me holding back and not speaking up for many different reasons and so I encourage people to really focus on the words that they use the pace at which they speak, and how they deliver what they're trying to say. So I actually was on a call this morning with one of my leadership groups. We had discussed this using strong language, and one of the women said that she loves it. She's hyper aware of it now, Um, and at times it really bugs her because now she notices it in everyone else. So which is part of the problem, I think, in our jobs. We start to pick up on things. So I even notice when I'm listening to people speak that they doubt themselves and they say things like, well, 
I'm here as a keynote speaker, but I don't really know why. And oh, no. People start, yes. I've seen this so many times on panels, on, uh, in conferences, podcasts, you name it. Uh, people are introduced as an expert, and they immediately give re- reason to their audience to doubt them. And so this is something that I work with my clients, with my leadership groups, to really think about what it is that they're saying and how they are saying it. So I, I often start a talk by saying, I haven't written a best-selling book, I'm no expert, and I haven't run a Fortune 500 company. And I leave it at that. And then about 15 minutes later, I come back and point out and ask people, what was your reaction when you heard me say, I'm no expert, and I haven't written a best-selling book? And every single time the reaction is, I kind of was wondering why I'm sitting here and I was trying to figure out how to, I can get up and, and leave. <laughs> so that's, those are some of the things that, that I think in terms of leadership, that is one of the key things that you can do to change your trajectory and to really focus on that. It takes time. I find myself telling people, don't say, um, and I find myself doing it. But I'm very focused on the, the positive impact that language can have on your career. So true. Language is really important. How about the succeed in the first 100 days talk? What are some of the highlights of that one? So that is a pretty interesting talk. This is a combination of sort of the two, two niches that I work with. On the one hand, um, new leaders and in particular female leaders and accountants and attorneys. And what the talk focuses on, and, and part of it is a leader of, of any industry, any role can, can use these tips, is the idea that when you go into a new role, whether it's at a new company or it's in your same company but you've been promoted, what are the expectations that are now put on you? And sometimes it's very clear if you're in a sales role, if you're an attorney or CPA, there are some origination expectations that, that, that people have, some dollars that, that are expected in the role. But for a lot of people, this is pretty ambiguous. And what I have heard time and time and again is managers don't always know how to answer the question, what do you need to see from me? What does success look like? And what I encourage my clients to do is to work with their managers and perhaps to even start and say, this is what I think success looks like in this role, given the conversations we've had, given the job description. What do you think? So you give them something to respond to, they probably more likely will be able to get clarity around it. So that's part of the conversation. We also talk about who are the individuals that are going to be your allies in this new role? They're going to be the, uh, the, um, those who have formal roles that have seniority over you and have a formal influence within the team or the organization. And then they're, they're going to be those people that are informal because they're just well-liked and have developed relationships with everyone. Sometimes people talk about, uh, a leader's um, ex- executive assistant, she can be or he can be a, um, a, a roadblock for you. But building those relationships with key people really makes a difference 
to how you can progress and the impact that you can have in your new role. And, and the other thing I applies, talk about, yeah. that applies to business owners as well, right? Not just career exactly. people. Exactly. Exactly. And it's really about, um, especially if you happen to be managing people, whether that's a formal team relationship or a business owner who is outsourcing a bunch of jobs. Nancy, you and I, I imagine the same that we, you know, you have your marketing person that's outsourced, you have an accounting system, you have all these different executive assistant people, and you still have to manage them. So how do you go about making sure that you're getting the best out of those people? And it's really thinking about the questions you're asking them. Um, I was listening to another podcast recently, and they were talking about going on a listening tour when you become a new manager. And I love that concept of just going around and talking to people. I know that early on in my career I had uh, a new boss come in, and it's sort of awkward at first because you've been there longer or there are different situations going on. But the fact that she asked thousands of questions made it so comfortable and made everyone feel at ease because she truly wanted to know what other people thought. So that's, that's part awesome. of the talk. Yeah, and the other part is for attorneys and CPAs is thinking about, okay, now I have to build my own book of business. So who do I want to work with? What are the types of clients I want to work with? And really narrowing that down so that you're able to speak about it and think about what are the, the problems you want to solve for them so that you are spending your day doing the kind of work that you like to do. And I always warn people, don't say you'll work for, for anyone who has a pulse or anyone who has accounting needs because if I'm talking to you and I'm trying to send people your way, it's very hard for me to identify and pinpoint who that person may be. Absolutely. So you and I were talking before this informally, before I turned on the recording, about how the first couple years of business, everybody, no matter what your background is, goes through the entrepreneur journey of kind of rebranding and tweaking. Did you know from the start you wanted to work with CPAs and attorneys, or was that a journey? That was a journey, and, and it, I knew I wanted to work with women given my background and given my firm. That's my passion piece of my business. When I was at um, Harvard Business School, uh, I was pregnant, and I didn't know it at the time, but we ended up having a girl. And that really reinforced for me that she should have just as many choices as her brother does in her career. So that I've known and have stuck with that on that path the whole time. But with CPAs and attorneys, what really attracted me to those industries were that there is a regular, there's a career path. It's not always this happens one at year eight or and this happens at year 12, but there is a, a pretty clear path. So from a business perspective, it made sense to me because there were definite pivot points where people were being invested in from a coaching perspective. So I knew that there was that opportunity there. Awesome. One of my mentors says, take a bad deal until a, new de a good deal comes along. Take a bad deal until a new deal comes along. And so it is okay in the beginning of your business, people, if you're just starting out to, to try different clients and eventually you hone in on who really is your target market so you can accurately you know, say that so people can refer right. you. But it may take just a little bit of... of um, trial and error before you find the right person, right, Julie? That's right. And as you and I were talking about before, you have to have that experience 
um, with certain industries or certain sizes of business or certain locations or certain challenges before you can decide whether you like it or not. Absolutely, because I remember when I was taking anybody and I was like, wow, that just didn't go so well. Maybe I need people who have been in business just a little bit longer or at least have more clarity because I was frustrated that I wasn't helping them get to where they want to go. But sometimes people have to be at a certain point in order to be the right mix. So let me me switch it up. Let me ask you a fun question. If you had one more hour in your day, what would you do with it? Well... I would walk my dog, who you may have heard barking just now. Um, <laughs> I would I walk to, her. Yeah. I have to say, you didn't even miss a beat. I'm like, wow, oh. I would have been distracted if I was answering a question. You were like spot on, so way to hold your composure. <laughs> Thank you. There was, I think we were talking about strong language, so I had to walk my talk then. But, um, <laughs> um, but if I wasn't walking her, I would definitely read a lot more, um, both for pleasure and for work. I came to the realization in the last uh, 12 to 18 months that most of my clients, probably similar to yours, are really busy people. And if I ever say, oh, this is a great book you should read, they glaze over. I don't have time for another book. Give me, give me something to listen to. Give me a TED Talk in 12 minutes or less. I'll do that. And what I've realized is that that's a I'm the translator for them. So I can take the research. As I mentioned, The Confidence Code before, another book that I love is, and, and her work is Amy Cuddy, um, who wrote the book Presence, and she talks a lot about body language. So these are books that I'll read and, and translate and give that information to my clients so they can put it into action. So really taking those ideas and putting them into action. Having said that, I wish I did have an hour more a day because I certainly don't get through the huge stack on my nightstand (laughs) as I would like to. That's a really good answer. Well, my superpower is actually helping people gain back at least an hour in their day so they're not crazy busy. So that is what I love helping people do, especially if if they're coaches, authors, and consultants because those people, and and speakers even, those are the people that really need to organize their time. So speaking yes, of speaking, you are having a Women's Catalyst Network this fall. Can you share what yes. that is and who, who's a good fit for that? Sure. So the Women's Catalyst Network is a leadership development program. It's skill-based. It is a small group. We take a maximum of nine people. I have been running uh, – this is the second version of this group. Um, for the first uh, – Two and a half years or so, I was doing this as a business development um, effort. And one of the members in in the second group I had started came to me the first night with a checkbook in hand and said, I'm so sorry, I um, did not see how I pay you. And of course, the light bulbs went off and I said to myself, wow, people will pay for this. So I launched the Women's Catalyst Network. We, We build a skill in each session we hold each other accountable. We network um, with people who are not in our space. They have no attached uh, to the results that we take. So you have this board of directors that's created. It's an incubator to share ideas, to admit vulnerabilities, to build those skills that we talked about earlier. And we meet in Denver. I hope in 2018, my plan is to do it virtually, but I'm not quite there yet. So we have 
the second cohort is going right now. The third cohort will begin on October 10th. And we are looking for mid-career professionals. And by this, I mean someone who has at least 10 years of experience. They are currently managing people or projects so that they can put the skills that they learn in, into place. And we have a variety of industries, so it's not one industry focused. And we're looking for those driven, hungry women who want more out of their careers. They're not awesome. necessarily looking for a new job, but just how to show up as, you know, king of the castle, queen of the castle, I should say, to work every day. And just this spring, I partnered with a male colleague of mine who is also an executive coach because I realized that I'm talking, I'm a female, I'm talking to all females, and we still today live in a world that for the most part is led by men. So Evan comes in, he adds that male perspective. He also happens to be a phenomenal coach and has great insight and spent most of his career, this is the second phase of his career, but most of his career was in the C-suite and leading technology companies. So he has a great perspective from so many different accounts. That is amazing. So if somebody on this podcast says, that's me, how do they get, how do they apply or register? Sure. So you can go to my website, which is Chinook Executive Solutions, it's very long, dot com backslash WCN. And there is more information on the website and an application as well. And the process is you fill out this quick application, just a couple of questions. And then we have a conversation and we talk about what you're looking for and if it's a right fit, then you're in. Awesome. Why don't you spell that? Because not everybody's from Denver. And give the name one more time of the website. <laughs> sure. It's C-H-I-N as in Nancy, O-O-K, Executive Solutions, plural, dot com, backslash W-C-N. Perfect. Awesome. This has been an amazing interview. Is there anything else you want to add that we didn't cover? Um, I think we've we've gotten most of it in there. This has been really fun. (laughs) It is really fun. It's one of my favorite things to do every week. So um, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show, and you gave us lots of valuable information. Listeners, my new report on the top five systems that create massive productivity in your business is available on my website. Go to nancygaines.com to download today. And if you loved our show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It helps other people find us. And until next time, go out and gain the advantage. You've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show, where you can gain the advantage. To schedule a VIP strategy day or speed consulting session with Nancy, connect with her on her website, nancygaines.com. That's nancy, G-A-I-N-E-S.com. On Twitter, Nancy L. Gaines. And on LinkedIn, Nancy Gaines. Be sure to check back on Nancy's website for new episodes. Until next time, you've been listening to The Nancy Gaines Show. Go out and gain the advantage.